Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. And I'm comedian Mario the Butcher Montez. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. What's up? Well, you know, I'm just living life abundantly. What's the word on the street? Well, the word on the street is uh, today, guilty, three to ten years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that can mean so many things uh, to so many people. Exactly. (laughs) It's exactly. Like, take a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. You got your pick. It applies to everything. <laughs> so, but no, everything is. Word on the street is uh, chaos and fun. Good. Think, yeah, or fun chaos. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the word on the street for me personally? Um, I miss my dog. I wish I wish I could take Chelsea everywhere. You could have brought her here. No, but I'd take her on Bart. And oh, I know people can bring she go on Bart? Yeah, but I'm not that guy. Okay. You know? I think if you, you think bring she'd a, be scared? She might be. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take her out of her element. And she watches the house too. Yeah. But man, I I, I really uh You've grown accustomed to yeah, her. Yeah, we You're just kinda get a little out. getting attached, are you? Yes, I just she's captured my heart, so mm. she's so much fun. Sweet. And uh and you should see it. We watch TV together. You know that she can watch TV? Yeah. People say dogs don't... Dogs no, are bullshit. smart. They know. She likes war movies. Mm-hmm. And she likes westerns. Well, she likes the horses. Oh, the horses. But, yeah, she really likes war movies. <laughs> She'll sit there. We were watching Dunkirk, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, she oh, this is a good movie. This is a good movie, yeah. <laughs> she is this World War II? The World I think, War II? I think yeah. I fell asleep I on that sure. Yeah, she liked Dunkirk. I think she oh, likes. Cool. I think I think she likes the the scared men. Is what <laughs> the it scared is. Men. Oh. <laughs> so she can protect them. Yes, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> and then she has this other thing. Uh, this dog has. Um, she's very compassionate. Mm-hmm. Goldens are very compassionate. There's a there's a neighbor that has chickens somewhere either on the other street or way down the street, mm-hmm. and they uh, you know cackle or whatever or cockadoodle do. <laughs> you know, actually these chickens sleep in. They get up about <laughs> eight, all right, <laughs> about eight o'clock, and she starts. She hears the er er er, and so she goes and sits on the couch. We have a couch that's by the living room window, mm-hmm. and she puts her head right up to the window, and she like mm, mm, she thinks they're hurting. Oh, yeah. You don't think she wants to eat them? No, because she wants to eat squirrels, and that's completely different. <laughs> that's that's uh, a different. <laughs> she doesn't want to eat them. She just wants to kill them. <laughs> uh, no, the chicken. She looks at me and she's like, "Are they okay?" I said, "No, they're okay." This Aww. is what chickens. Are you sure? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, chickens <laughs> taste good, so maybe they're screaming. You know, not to be. Slain. She knows you're the butcher, so. Yes. But um, she's such a uh, good dog, and I love her. Good. Yeah, dogs are cool to I have. love my wife, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, she, she doesn't sit on the couch and whimper for chickens. No. Yeah, she looks at the chickens. <laughs> Do I have to cook these? <laughs> <laughs> you cook them. Uh, but um, I have a very compassionate dog. I'm very, very fortunate. That's great. Because I find myself, I think I'm compassionate. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, that's just something I think you... You can you 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 get compassion and empathy. So many people don't have that now, or they appear not to have it, because we're so quick to judge on everything. And I kind of um, maybe it was the time I grew up in, or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a lot of lessons I learned as a teenager mm-hmm. that I carry on to uh, to this age at 53. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, uh, I stem from high school. Mm-hmm. You know. 
I've been uh, uh, thinking a lot about high school because uh, moving back to Pleasanton and then uh, I've reconnected a lot with a lot of uh, high school friends. Well, didn't you just have your reunion? We had our, yeah, our 35th reunion and that's how I connected with a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Some I had met or or reconnected on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, found my wife on Facebook. But um, lately I've been... uh, uh, facilitating, uh, um, you know, time to to hang out with old high school friends, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, you know, why are we still friends? You mm-hmm. know, and it all started because we all started at high school, and you know, it's only four years of your life, but I think we place a lot of emphasis on high school because in those four years, generally, you're about fourteen to eighteen years of age and right. there's a lot of things that you're coming into yeah emotionally physically sexually mm-hmm. you know at that age those are your growing years and yeah. i think those kind of experiences uh will stick with you for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. you can remember them vividly yeah as opposed to say like maybe four years of your early 20s you know yeah because uh, college is pretty much a blur, I think. It, it, you know, it can be, right? <laughs> In well, many ways. When you, when you discovered uh, uh, bars, you know, yeah. how many lost nights in bars, you know? <laughs> because... <laughs> Sometimes I have, you know, you know, the military veterans have flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I was never in war or anything, but I do have flashbacks like in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Because <laughs> oh, we were at this bar, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, I remember this song. What was I then? You know, you've oh, lost that loving feeling. Is that, is that what beyond, you think no. of when you're in the bar? <laughs> Actually, it was Tom Cruise and Casanova <laughs> by Levert. But anyway, um, but I think back uh, as I uh re-engage with some high school friends we just had uh dinner um uh, i barbecued sunday night and we had uh, uh my brother come by because he's moving but our dear friend uh cheryl was over and mm-hmm. um you know i knew cheryl in high school and my wife knew her but mm-hmm. we're closer friends now as adults because for whatever reason we clicked but we had that uh we all started at the same place right you know yeah and um sat the the day before saturday i had a show in tracy and uh, a couple of high school friends came mm-hmm. that live out there because I've been putting it out on Facebook and, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, one of them, my friend Todd, my wife hadn't talked to since high school. Hmm. And she sat there and had a wonderful conversation with Todd and his wife. Mm-hmm. And um, she just thought he, they were amazing. You know, she didn't really know him or whatever right. since then. But because we all started in the same place at the age that we started, that we all met. I think that's a very special time. Yeah. You know? And it's so uh it's so easy just to dismiss high school as like, oh, that was high school or I hated high school. But you know, um I learned a lot of valuable lessons in high school. Well and I think there are definitely people that mature as they get older. Yeah. And then there are some that are as bad as immature now as they were in high school. Yeah. So I think it they depends peaked. on <laughs> they peaked in their <laughs> junior year. Yeah, I think it depends on how people absorb their high school years and what they do with their lives. I I I, I can imagine that. Yeah, because there's some people I'm sure that you know you're a dick then you're a dick now. Mm-hmm. But you know, for myself, I I look back. I started high school kind of rough. Now, granted, I. I was out in the suburbs mm-hmm. in the mean streets of Pleasanton but I was at 14 years old and I was very easily influenced by um, 
uh, my cultural identity. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was like a, a, a it was very popular in 1979, 1980 for like low riders and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cholos and this and that. And I had cousins who, who were into that because that's where they live. They live right. in Hayward. They live in Oakland. Well, I live in Pleasanton, so I want to be cool, too. Right. <laughs> so the first thing I did, uh, which was the night before picture day, um, I shaved my head. Right. <laughs> Because I wanted it to grow back and be a cool cholo. Uh-huh. And I took my freshman high school picture. My mother still. <laughs> to this day. I, I had a wife you're beater t-shirt. You're probably still grounded from that. No, I, right? <laughs> I, I wore a wife beater t-shirt and a gold cross. Yeah. For your picture? Yes. Dude. Did right? you have a bandana on your head? Uh, not in the photo, but I did carry <laughs> one. It was stupid, but I was just, I just was trying to find myself yeah, yeah. because I didn't go to a high school that had a lot of Latinos. And I felt this is how you should be if you're a Latino right. because I was just trying to find myself. I grew out of that after a year right? and I was easily influenced by some older friends who, you know, I gravitated towards, um, um, uh, friends who weren't white, mm-hmm. you know, that were into the music I was and this and that. But they were older and eventually they graduate and leave me, you know. Right. So I, I kind of just had to just find myself. But I kind of screwed up my first year because I used to cut class mm-hmm. because all my older friends cut class or didn't have a class. Right. So I'm running around following them, you know. Meanwhile, I'm screwing myself <laughs> by not showing up <laughs> at your classes. So, you know, they thought I was retarded because it's like, what's wrong with this kid? Detention they, seriously, they put me in a um, uh, special needs class and this and that. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was just because I screwed around and yeah. cut so many. I was getting For incompletes. Kids. I was getting eyes for Fs. <laughs> I was getting eyes. It was. I was surprised that they let me stay in high school. Yeah. But I was. I was so so much of a follower. I thought, well, you know, uh, I got caught up in trying to be cool with other people. wasn't really looking at myself. So I kind of shed all that crap. Mm-hmm. Um. But as I got older, fifteen, you know, and uh, started. Uh, just being me, really, mm-hmm. you know, as as much as you could be at a suburban high school. Doesn't make me well, worldly. Well, as much as you can be at 15. At 15 as I well. I mean, because well, it changes kids, day to day, some really. Kid, I had this one friend who was 15, and, and he got a special dispensation to have a license to drive because... He lived on a ranch, you know. Oh yeah, they got a, somebody's family. got to drive the tractor. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he drove to school before anybody. But um, he probably you know drove his John Deere he, to school. He, well, his parents were pickers. I mean, that kind of ranch. Oh, yeah, they yeah. were pickers. So um, there was things like that uh, um, that I started to realize that the world wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, what, what culminated the end of my cholo days. Was uh, I got a derby jacket. Now, that was the jacket they have. It's a black jacket, a right? derby jacket. It's called derby. Made by derby. They sold them at Mervyn's for like 30 bucks. Was that before members only? Way before. Mer- <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> I wish I could have a derby jacket because they were nice. Uh-huh. So, I got a black one. So, my dad had this uh, little Mexican flag. It was like maybe five by seven. It was made of silk. Mm-hmm. He had it in his desk. I thought, oh, this would be great to sew on the back of my jacket, right? <laughs> So I could have a Mexican flag on my jacket and be cool like the other cholos that I'd see in Hayward and Oakland. Mm-hmm. So I Did took it apart. Sew it? I sewed it, yeah. Wow. And and I, I lined it up and everything. And I wore it. And then one day, my father, he saw it on there. You know, what the fuck are you doing with a bandera on your back? You go to Mexico and wear that, they shoot you in the street. 
and then he started chewing my ass. He goes, put that back on my desk. You don't even speak Spanish. What the <laughs> oh, and like they can't tell you Mexican already. You got to put a fucking flag on your back. <laughs> so there went my. So basically, it was a target bullseye on your back, exactly. and you didn't know it. So I kind of outgrew the, uh, you know, my dad being from Mexico, you know, kind of said, you're not Mexican, okay? <laughs> you're not. You're brown, but you're not Mexican because you're not from Mexico. You're an American, you know? Right. So that's, uh, uh, that ended that. Um, I uh, I had some cool friends, obviously, um, but it was my first girlfriend that I learned a lot of lessons from. Mm-hmm. And, and not like that. Oh, yeah, she oh. taught me a lot. Yeah. No, um, the old Mexican cherry. I was six. <laughs> I was sixteen, and she was uh, she was just turning fifteen. She was a freshman, and uh, we kind of started seeing her for some seven months, I think, from springtime of my junior year, mm-hmm. and then ended after uh, uh, sometime in my senior year. Anyway, uh, she um, little cutie, you know, but she was uh, she she was epileptic. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything about epilepsy, so uh, I learned through her, you mm-hmm. know, um, and she would uh, miss a lot of school, mm-hmm. you know, and she couldn't, uh, she, she was kind of sheltered, you yeah. know, uh, obviously, and her parents spoiled her, they doted on her, because, you know, as you would, my child, you know, right. you want them to have everything since they can't have everything, um, so it was, it was, uh, it took a toll on me. But I learned to, um, I think I learned compassion. That was my first uh, Mm. lesson Mm -hmm. about something you might need in life. Um, And uh, patience, you know. So. uh, And being able to care for someone. I mean, I think at that age, you just think of yourself a lot. Exactly. And you can, you know, it's all about what I want, Uh what can I get. And when I want it. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a good. Yeah. So I couldn't. I, I, I missed out on, a, um, I mean, I couldn't have that like traditional girlfriend experience that a lot of people have in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the games and you do this and that, you know, that, that we all want because we are influenced by whatever movies or TV. Right. But mine was mine. And um, uh, I, I did the best I could as her. We're just kids. Yeah. But, it was it was very eye opening and it and like it did teach me like it wasn't really about me and it was uh, painful at first because I was scared you know I remember right. the first time she had a seizure it's not like your traditional seizures that you would think you know very loud or whatever she just kind of like froze up and dropped hmm. you know and um, yeah it's got to be scary for the first time yeah experiencing but she you know I learned uh, she had a couple more in the times that we had been together and I learned how to deal with that yeah you know. And, um, man, that's, uh, I mean, 16 years old, that's, you know. That's that, heavy duty, yeah. I, I, I think that lesson kind of um, uh, stuck with me for the rest of my life, for mm-hmm. good or for bad, for good mainly. But um, my, uh, my other friends, uh, I learned how to get along with people and for the sake of how they were, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't really do the group thing or the click thing. Because I look at my friends in high school, they were, uh, we all didn't hang together, you mm-hmm. know, and they weren't like big group people. But like, I, I always remember my dear friend Vicky, who we're still friends to this day, mm-hmm. you know, Vicky uh, taught me a lot about um, alternative music, hmm. you know, and uh, things that, you know, this uh, 
former cholo, you know, mm-hmm. what he called we we uh, I knew about punk rock and just you know just expand way, yeah other yeah. people think you know and yeah. and and uh, it's different from what I like and she was different than I am you mm-hmm. know but um uh that was great that was you know it was eye opening right you know I wasn't so judgmental I had another good friend uh, my friend Darren. He uh, he liked the same kind of music I did, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but uh, he was a, a very devout Mormon, mm-hmm. you know, very straight laced, um, and to this day he's still very much involved with his faith. Um, that I learned acceptance that way, right. you know, yeah. that uh, um, people aren't, you know how you see them or whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really experience that until I went to college because mm-hmm. I grew up in a small town and it was mostly white people. And it was a small high school, like 100 people, was in my graduating class, and we were all white. So I didn't have that exposure. I mean, even the summer people that would come up were from New York and they were white. And I, you know, I don't remember seeing any people of color or anything. So when I went to school, college in Syracuse, New York, um, you know, I finally met like Native Americans mm-hmm. and African Americans. And, you know, um, I don't think there were any Mexicans, but just experiencing those two cultures mm-hmm. was definitely eye opening. And, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. And I didn't, I think I was brought up. Even though I wasn't around people of color mm-hmm. growing up, I think I was brought up to respect people in general. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what they looked like or who they were necessarily, gay, straight, you know, whatever. So I think it wasn't really a culture shock. It was more of like curiosity and, you know, yeah, I want to no, learn more healthy. kind of thing. I had the, uh, I guess the biggest influence in my life was uh, or is my cousin Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's sister's son, uh, who was my childhood playmate since, you know, I'm only two years older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry's also half black. So, um, I never, I, I saw firsthand, uh, how prejudiced families can, uh, act, mm-hmm. uh, from not my immediate family, but you know, family and, uh, um, but he's my cousin Henry, and right. I love Henry dearly, you know. And he even lived with us. He went to high school in Amador because uh, his mom really couldn't afford Bishop O'Dowd because he mm. played hoops. She wanted him to go to a good basketball school. Yeah. Uh, and um, so my dad said, he comes to live with us, you know. And so um, mm-hmm. I never, uh, I didn't have a prejudiced household. Yeah. You know, um, and which is odd because... Uh, you know, traditionally, a lot of uh, people that come from another country, they tend to be very prejudiced against black folks. Uh, mm-hmm. My pop being from the old country, Mexico, he wasn't having that. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, uh, my Aunt Dolores would uh, always let, uh, would always keep Henry aware of his cultures, both mm-hmm. Mexican and black. And she was also, you know, child of the 60s, very a former hippie, you know. Yeah. So uh, she had an array of friends. Uh, so when I'd go over there, I always grew up around Henry's mom's friends, my right. aunt Dolores' friends. So, you know, she had uh, 
uh, uh, very powerful women friends, uh, gay friends, you know, mm-hmm. Latinos, everybody. And um, that was a, a lesson that stuck with me for so many years about uh, not being prejudiced. Yeah. You know, um, even in my even in my drunkest days, <laughs> uh, because one thing I noticed, too, in my family, both sides of the family, uh, we intermarry, mm-hmm. you know, got to have a variety of different types of cousins. Right. You know, so I, I'll be honest, I can't it would be hypocritical for me mm-hmm. to um, to be prejudiced. Yeah. You know, especially as a, as a person of color, as I, I could be referred to, um, I can't hate white people. Yeah. Darn, you know. Right. Because my niece and nephew, they're half white. Yeah. My wife is white, you know. Yeah. Uh, my, my nephew, my, my sister's kid is half white, you know. Mm-hmm. I have uh, East Indians, Asians. Um, I don't know how you could hate another race, uh, especially if you have other races in, in your, your family. family. Yeah, what, exactly. You know, it's just... Well, and I also think that, you know, a lot of people don't like to compare color with gayness, but we're different too. Prejudice it is may prejudice. not be the skin color that's different, mm-hmm. but I'm gay and so that makes me different than straight people I or see other that people. A lot. Yeah, people uh will complain that uh um of being uh prejudged or or being uh, hurt by racial prejudice or prejudice. Mm-hmm. But then they turn around and uh, become prejudiced to another group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's an inconsistency that uh, uh, humans uh, right. are really good at. Yeah. You know, if we're good at anything, it's being inconsistent. Yes, exactly. And, um, uh, and I think that might be why I'm not prejudiced or, ra- or racist because it's like I'm I feel different as who I am. Like I've, I don't know that I've been treated differently, Mm -hmm. but I've definitely been looked at differently. And, you know, I think that it it helps to understand the person, not necessarily the color of their skin or who they sleep with or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's who they are as a person. That's important. I think those, for me, those lessons uh, were instilled in me to where I could, you know, you go through as a, as a little kid, you just accept, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see anything. You just accept. Right. You know, and then when you get old enough to start thinking and processing thought, in society, and, um, yeah. I think the lessons that you get in your teenage years can uh, shape your outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you got to know the difference between right and wrong, you know, um, but I just think I was fortunate. Yeah. To. uh get these uh, lessons that just happened to happen during my high school years that kind of stuck with me. Right. Um, I think a lot of it, too, uh, when I was getting sober, trying to figure out where my life totally went to hell when I was 10 months in rehab, Mm -hmm. um, I started to remember that 17-year-old kid who who didn't really harbor a lot of, uh, you know, horrible things not that i was perfect or anything yeah far from it but i was like you know where's that optimist at Mm -hmm. you know and then i thought over the years too how the hell did i become a republican right (laughs) (laughs) but but seriously um, i was like what happened to that 17 year old mario yeah and uh and and so then uh over the course of time of you know changing my life my 35th high school reunion mm-hmm. showed up on a radar 
and uh and here I am with my awesome wife, who I graduated high school with, who I really didn't know in high school. Right. I just knew she had a set of legs on her. <laughs> Woo! She had some. She was a cross country runner for oh, years. Oh well, no wonder. I think she ran her last marathon when she was like thirty. Wow. Yeah. Jerry, See, I envy people that. Then can you wonder run why she can like run me into forest, the dirt. You know. Right. Yeah. She, she was. She was that gal. That's crazy. That's why I couldn't keep up with her when we went to Lake Merritt <laughs> no that day. No wonder you almost passed <laughs> yeah, out. I was having a heart attack. But um, <laughs> um, when I went to my 35th uh, high school reunion and touched bases with all my friends, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're, we're very different, you know, um, for, for obvious reasons. You know, we look different. We uh, have different experiences. Your lives went in different yeah, directions. You know, uh, politically, we're different. You mm-hmm. know, I don't hold that against them, you know. Um, but it's like once upon a time, we all started here. And, yeah. And to me, it was just, it's like, this is life. Yeah. Okay. It's nice to reconnect with everybody, you know, and even to maybe even like build on some, you know, uh, new friendships from old friends. Right. Which you can always do. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was just it was just nice to see everybody. Right. And right. I had a um, I couldn't spend the whole time there because I was rushed because I had a show. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought about my high school reunion and my high school years, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think I was just very fortunate to go to high school in the time that I went in the early 80s. Was there a teacher that kind of stuck out for you? And... Oh, there was so many. I wish I could say, you know, my drama teacher, Mrs. Denny, who was wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh there was uh um there was another wonderful lady uh Miss Kramer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very encouraging. But the one who really really sticks out for me was um Mr. Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dreyfus was an art teacher, and uh and I took his class I think like three times in the four years mm-hmm. that you know, and uh uh he he was he was just a he was just a cool dude yeah and uh. One thing he always told me back then that I should be a stand-up comedian, right? Because he says your timing's really good and you're pretty funny and you know you you got a smart mouth, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> and if uh, and if you ever cuss again, I'm gonna have to send you to the <laughs> office, you know. And, and so, this is why you're going to the principals. But no, he was so cool. And he always told me, and I told him that this is what I want to do. You know, I just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, and here you are doing it. Right? Oh, God, it took me forever. And thank God, because um, uh, I really would have nothing to talk about, you know. Right. As it, I, I mine my comedy from my life yeah. experiences. Yeah, so yeah. what you see is what you get. But um, Did you have a favorite class? My favorite class was um, I had to make up U.S. history. Mm. Freshman U.S. history, I had to make it up at night school in oh my, my senior God. year. So they I could graduate. School? Yeah, they had night school. This is why it was my favorite. It was me and a bunch of hot women from Danville. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, from Monta Vista High. <laughs> I was so cool with these chicks. <sighs> you know, I mean, these women were... It, and they like, probably didn't even notice you. No, no, they were really cool. I had made them all sign my yearbook, too. They, they didn't even go there. <laughs> they were hecka cool. Um, and they were all like you know partier chicks. Remember that Jodie Foster movie Foxes? From, yeah, yeah. They were like That's them. Like- <laughs> yeah, like two of them probably died by the time they were twenty. You know, the U.S. history class with Mister God, I can't even remember his name. I don't know Briefly. why he remembered everybody else's. Yeah, I can't. He, he's, a, he's a real Mister Douglas or something like that. Anyway, 
uh, that was a fun class too because mm-hmm. he taught U.S. history. Uh, um, made it a lot of fun. He loved to talk. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where you got it from. Um, no, I've always been chatter, <laughs> chatterbox my whole life. But yeah, those hot chicks uh, from Monta Vista High School made it all Denver, worth it. Yeah, they were like named Danielle and Stacia, Brandy, and Audrey. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were. They were. I'm hot. sure. It was the first uh, first time I'd ever seen a, a girl with uh, with a boob job. And what grade was this? They, they were 17, 18 years old. And they had a boob job. One did. Well, from Danville, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to start them young. She was very... Uh, <laughs> Voluptuous? Uh, well, she was very sharing with her. <laughs> <laughs> you want to feel them? <laughs> well, of feel? course. Well, now that you've asked. Here? In your car. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, mm. that was a fun class. Yeah. And, and uh, it was like, you know, these weren't gals that went to my side. I, I felt like I, I hit the jackpot. You know, that's <laughs> how I felt. Like 17 it. years old. It was awesome. <laughs> and then that was that. High school's over. Time to get into real life. Yeah. There's more fucking that's up to do. It. Yes. That's it. More painful lessons. That's where the painful lessons came in my 20s. Yeah. You well, know? yeah, the 20s. Yeah, that, that was... That's when you get really shooken up. Mm-hmm. And then the 30s kind of, you know, you find yourself, you figure out who you are a little bit more. And Yeah, my 20s, I was an idiot. There was one time I was running around with a drug dealer and, you know, just being mm-hmm. a complete waste of oxygen. Yeah. And then then I got into cutting meat and working. And little did I know, that was what was going to take me to comedy. Yeah. You know, was... That work experience, they're working with the, the, the old timers and, you know. Mm-hmm. And the customers. And, all that yeah. was going to factor in on how I saw life. And yeah. I just, that's what I bring to my to my comedy. Yeah. You know. And here you are. And here I am. Kicking on, ass. Kicking taking names. Ass, taking literally lots of names. I got a lot of emails to send out so today So if you're a um, agent, if you, who, who are you looking for? If you, if you own a bar, anything. <laughs> Want to need a comic? If you go to a bar, you need a comic. You hit me at Mario Montez twenty three at gmail dot com. That's his favorite number, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Twenty three. Yep. Yes, indeed. Michael Jordan. Actually, it's Matthew twenty three from the Bible. But oh, yeah, whatever. Michael Jordan too. <laughs> two plus two plus three is five, and I was born on September fifth. But uh, uh, yeah, um, hook him up. Hook him up because I will hit you up. You heard it here yes, first. Yes, uh, uh, and uh, completely confidential of your event. Yes, clean or blue, whatever you want. Just yeah. uh, hit me up. He's got it all. That's right. He is the full package. We'll He's the whole price. package. Yeah, yeah. Send me your email address, and he'll and even I'll bring a package thing. if you want. I'll bring you a package of meat. Yeah. See. <laughs> and his so knives. And my knives. You got some knives again? He'll demonstrate the butcher part. I got mustard on my knives these days. Oh God. Yes. All right. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Thank you. For another wonderful episode. Thank you, everybody out there. Yes, thanks to our listeners for continuing to listen. Look me up on uh, Twitter or um, Instagram. Yeah. Comedian Mario the Butcher. Yes, right. And, uh, you know, we'll have some fun. That's right. Like we do here. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. We'll see you next week. Toodles. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at MikeImbasiani.com. That's M-I-K-E-I-M-B-A-S-C-I-A-N-I dot com.